The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right, it's going down tonight, this Saturday night. Man, I have a crazy, no, he's not a crazy guest. It's a guest with a crazy story. Um, one of my friends sent me a, a video clip recently of an I Am Second film. And you guys all know I Am Second. It's an amazing ministry that does amazing films. And I saw this story and I literally was blowing my mind because I felt like I was at one aspect watching a lot of the stuff from my old life. And I was like, wow. There's other guy. I, well, I knew there was other pirates out there, <laughs> but I I don't think I've met it, you know any saved ones. And this guy has a, a radical story. He's Javon Barnes, um, aka Dirty White of the band Noble Poets. And we're gonna get into you know his music. We're gonna get into uh, what he's doing for tours and just um, how he's doing ministry now. But I want to welcome Javon on the stu- in the studio today. Uh, dude, welcome to the show. Man, thanks for having me. Oh, sorry, Super scoot ex- up a little bit. Thanks for having me. Super excited. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm excited to have you here. Yeah. And um, you know, we were we were at the premiere together. Yeah, uh, we did a premiere here at the in Diamond Bar, and everyone's been telling me to meet up with you and to get you to come out and and perform here. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I think because last night was a rock, it was like a rock thing. Yeah, but you got your own flavor. Yeah. And um, it has to be like its own thing. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Like you need to be like headlining. And I just watched yeah. one of your videos this morning yeah. um, as I was eating some food down the street waiting for you guys to pick me up. <laughs> and um, it was Zans. Yep. And when I was watching that film or that, that music video, I, I first was just watching it and I'm like, wow. Like all the, the, the drugs on the table and the girl and the Coke and the, I mean, you just showed it the way it was, yeah. like literally. And I was like, Dang, like I was getting all these flashbacks to my life. Right. All these emotions. Yeah. It, it was it was pretty radical. Yeah. And then I started showing with your with your daughter. Yeah. And dude, I started crying. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna choke up right now, but yeah. I was crying. And it was just weird. It was this weird thing because I was seeing my old life and what, what I was going through, but then I had this like taste of like my new life with my daughters, mm-hmm. and I couldn't imagine that whole setup. Yeah. Yeah. I met you getting to meet your children yesterday. I actually had a conversation with Zach and I, and I said, actually it was with Jesse, Zach's wife. And I said, it's interesting how guys like Ryan and I, that, that lived the life that we lived now God's given us daughters and we actually get a little bit of a taste of, you know, how we were acting. And I'm not saying that's a revenge from the Lord, but what I am saying is we get to see that empathy and that compassion I was running around like a crazy person. I didn't have any respect, not only not for my daughter, I didn't have respect for women in general. In general, exactly. And now I'm raising them. It's a lot different. I have a, you know, a, a nine-year-old little girl, and she's, she's the one who played uh, Zans in Zans. She played my oldest daughter. My oldest daughter is now 23, and she's getting her doctorate. But <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, it's a crazy story. <laughs> she wrote the screenplay... So she gave us the rough draft, and she actually she's very very intelligent. Yeah. But she called it the intergenerational trauma project. That's what she, that's what was the name of the of what she actually called the screenplay. So she uh-huh. wrote out Zans through her eyes of what she saw when she was a child. So 
you know. It is spot on. Pounds all over the place, mm-hmm. money all over the place, mm-hmm. women coming in and out, mm-hmm. um, massive amounts of, of drug use, you know, continually. Um, it just never stopped. Well, I want to get into everything. I want to yeah. get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. Because your story is radical. Um, let's start how, first of all, where'd you even grow up? I grew up in Fresno, California. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah. how was that actually even growing up during that time? What, what year was that when you were like in high school? I graduated in 95. 95? Well, actually, I didn't graduate high school. Neither did I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Told you we have a lot of stuff. So, yeah. So I, <laughs> I started out, you know. Wait, how, you didn't get the GED? No, I ended up getting my diploma in my late 20s. Okay, good. good yeah. Mm-hmm. More than me. I, right. I did get it. But uh, I was born in a really poor area of Fresno. Mm-hmm. Actually, the poor, one of the top two poorest areas in Fresno. Got it. So my dad was a drug addict, alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, you know, PCP junkies, heroin heads. Um, I saw it all. I wasn't really allowed to go outside and play right. because it, there was a, a road, like a bike path in the middle of our street. And... People would be foaming at the mouth, blowing out on meth, heroin. So I didn't really understand what was going on. I just knew that it wasn't safe. I was almost kidnapped uh, twice out in front of my own house, you know, growing up. So not only did I have trauma inside my house, right. I couldn't really be a kid outside of my house. And we were really, really poor. Right. That's what the video never fit in. Our first video drop was about what I went through as a you know, really young kid. So, you know, you tap into beatings constantly i saw some beatings in there mm-hmm. with with, yeah. with 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 the with the father and all that mm-hmm. so that also was part of it growing up that's where that's where it started was that i didn't really have a name when i was a kid my name was nimrod so mm-hmm. he just called and that meant you know moron mm-hmm. i wasn't allowed to cry if i cried you know i had this 300 pound guy an inch away from my face you know call calling me things that that you know a little kid should never hear yeah exactly so you know, it got really bad when he started taking um, coat hangers. Back then, we didn't get our steel from overseas. Mm-hmm. We actually got our steel here in America. Mm-hmm. So the coat hangers were a lot thicker mm-hmm. when, when I was little. And I remember how thick they were because I would pick it up off the ground after he'd, he'd straighten it out. And he would whip me with it and lash me with it. Mm-hmm. So I'd have welts, you know, from the bottom of my ankle all the way up to the, you know, high part of the shoulders right? because um, the air hits the, the, I remember the air hitting the, uh, the hanger and it, I couldn't plan on where the whipping was going to be because when you're, when the air moves it. Right, and so right, right, as a kid, yeah. I'm trying to like, you know, plan out my own protection from trauma. Right. Right. So we didn't have hot water. Sometimes we didn't have power. Sometimes cockroaches running all over the floor. It was just, it, it was like a war zone. Yeah. Right. Totally. So terrified and afraid is really what my childhood was. So growing up in an environment, I mean, that I've, I've heard about Fresno, like some crazy stuff that it's, it's like that there. When you were growing up, so what point was it when you decided that you were like, I, I got to get out of this scenario or I got to mm-hmm. make money and I'm just done yeah. with this life? Yep. I mean, it's you just, you're a prisoner and it's like you just got to yeah. escape basically. Yeah, you know, after my brother's getting beaten, my mom getting beaten, I hit 15. Sure, the whole family. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, being traumatized. Just crazy. Was your mom sober? Oh, yeah, okay. the whole time. So she was sober, yep. but your dad was... My mom fasted for my dad for 20 years for him to be saved. 
Oh, dang. For 20 years, she fasted. Didn't eat meat for 20 years. That's, this is actually the first time that I've been able to talk to somebody on a, on a podcast about this. Right. Um, she fasted, prayed every single day for 20 years. And so at 15, I got a backpack, had a couple hundred bucks to my name, and hit the streets. Went out the window, mm-hmm. never went back. Right. I'm sleeping on the ground, and that's what Humpty Dumpty, the second video, was about. Mm-hmm. I'm sleeping on the ground, um, and I learned the drug game. I learned the drug game, actually, by selling candy at school. And uh, somebody from Fresno who was in a little area called Pinedale was like, hey, I've never seen somebody sell so much candy. Do you want to learn how to make some real money? Like, you can make this. So he gave me an ounce. I turned the ounce into a QP, turned the QP into a pound, and just and, and learned the drug game. Right. So the problem with Fresno, though, it's like crabs in a bucket. It's one of the most hard knock areas in California. Mm-hmm. As soon as, because people would find out where I was sleeping, I was constantly getting robbed. Got it. And I have no place to go. Right, right. I mean, it's 100 degrees in the summer and it's 30 degrees in the winter. I didn't know it gets that cold there. So, I, yeah. That's so brutal. I'm, I'm either freezing or sweating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and one thing, though, when I look back at my life, it taught me how to survive. Yeah. If I could survive all that, I know that I can survive anything. Mm -hmm. So that was my mentality. Like, nobody is going to beat me. Nobody is going to stop me at all costs. No matter what, I am going to win, and I'm going to figure out a way to do it. Right? So I started making good money, got an apartment. Um, That apartment got robbed. Helicopter showed up. This was like, you know, I was 17 years old. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. And so that's when I went moved to Humboldt County. Okay. Right at about the age of 18. That's California, right? Yeah, it's it's where all the all the yeah, herb is grown. The herb is. Did you go there for the herb like to Absolutely. grow and, and to sell and the whole thing? I moved there to take over. In okay. my head, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In yeah. my head, yeah. I said I am moving to take over. That, I remember pulling into the town and I said this place is weak. They don't have spines. Uh-huh. They don't know. It's more of like a hippie vibe, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, you got some gnarly dude coming from like in Fresno. Yeah, it's a whole different mentality. It, it really is, and the way that I viewed it was these people are marks. Like, mm. I will infiltrate, build an organization, and that's what I did. Mm. And so by the, time, by the time I was 20, 2021, I, was, I had a driver that was bringing down roughly about a million a month. And some, sometimes it'd be three million. It just depended on how many how many people could actually offload. Like I could not sell, sell enough. So I had six houses I was growing at. So it's, everything's indoor or out? Indoor. Indoor. Everything's yep. all indoor. Everything's indoor. I couldn't move outdoor. Nobody yeah. wanted it. Yeah, yeah. You indoor, I mean? and then you're moving like $3 million worth of bud a month. Yeah, roughly, because back then pounds were 4500 Yeah. So it's a lot less. It's not like now yeah. where, you know, there's clubs and all this kind of stuff, yeah, yeah. and it's been pretty much legalized, you know, 500 a pound. Yeah. Well, back then, that was gold. One pound, you know, I'd take it to the city, yep. to Frisco. You're getting, you know, sometimes 5,000 a pound, depending on what grade it was, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So people started catching wind really quick. Who's this kid who can move 500,000 in an hour? How's he doing this? I mean, I remember one time we, we moved a half million in 17 minutes. And it wasn't just one person. I mean, I had people coming in from L.A., uh, San Diego, mm-hmm. Sacramento, um, and I just rent out this high-end uh, hotel 
and I had the hotel paid off in San Francisco. Okay, yeah. So, I was, so with the hotel, <laughs> you, you had them paid. So yeah, I pay them, and they, they, let me, they let me have carte blanche because I'd walk right in, front guy get 100 in his pocket, yeah. and he's like, run game. Yeah. Do what you got to do. And then I'd also, you know, I'd kick them down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Some of yeah, that weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Insane. Insane. <laughs> yeah. So as this stuff's going, you weren't just doing weed, though. You were, you were, you were, you weren't. Now, when you were in um, Humboldt, mm-hmm. you weren't partying at this time, right? Maybe, maybe smoke a little bit of bud, but you were more focused on the business. I was focused on the business. And then I had, I had a dream uh, that it was, it wasn't really a dream. It was trauma from a molestation that had happened. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started heavily medicating. Got it. I started, I had so much money and I was selling to one of the cartels in Fresno. Mm -hmm. So they started bringing me up half pound bricks of blow for my personal use. Right. Right. I wasn't selling Coke. That was not my thing. I wanted to do it. So they just gave it to you just to party with. Yeah. Yeah. But they knew what they were doing. They were like, well, if we can get him, this is how my head thinks about it now. That's our golden boy. We can't get this high grade without him. We got to get him hooked on our product. Right? Got it. So that's, they stuck the hook in me. So, you know, I've got a thousand hits LSD in my freezer. I've got a, you know, one of those big quarter pound bags filled with Zanbars, mm-hmm. tons of Valium, you know, boulder rocks of dimetrotryptamine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, I had a crooked dentist that was selling me the medical grade nitrous tanks. Interesting, yeah. So, you know, I'm waking up and medicating this hole right. of trauma mm-hmm. that was in here and in the midst of it you know having my daughter at 19 she wasn't I never hit her or yelled at her mm-hmm. she never even got a spanking her whole life I like never won yeah. so I thought I was being a great dad yeah but and I'm making all this money so she has whatever she wants right. I mean when it, when you give a kid 50 70 80 grand a month I mean just crazy numbers yeah. You know, I wasn't making three million a month. I was selling three million a month, yeah. so I get a broker fee, right? right? right. So I'm medicating heavily, mm. and I could not. I remember one morning I woke up, I dumped eighty hits on my hand, liquid fluff, which was from the Grateful Dead family, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We talked about this yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Everybody knows what that fluff is. Who was ever into ever into you know mm-hmm. doing L? Mm-hmm. I put eighty hits on me, smoke a chunk of dimetrotryptamine do a gagger that's probably like, you know, a foot long, crush a Zanbar, drink the crown, and then I got two two of my boys that are passed out where, wherever in the house, mm-hmm. come and lift me up with the hose, hang me upside down, and just suck down that that medical grade gas until oh I'm my like, God. I'm serious, bro. Like, I, I mean, I remember, so that's what Zans is about, you know, I'm like, you know, like skidding out, and I mean, I know you know this yeah, stuff yeah. because it's like, if we're going to get wild, yeah. like, let's get wild. Like, yeah. if we're going to do yeah, it, exactly. like, let's tilt it through the bottom of the yeah, floor. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, then we, then we couldn't get high off the blow no more. There's a lot of moisture in Humboldt County mm-hmm. in, the, in the atmosphere. Okay. So it started clogging up the blow. It started softening it. Right, right. Right? Mm-hmm. And we couldn't snore it. It was clogging up our nose. So I was like, you know what? Let's just take it to the next level. Crack. I know. Base, exactly. You know what I'm saying. So I'm like, okay, we can free base it. So then I started, I started taking, you know, uh, we called them chewy blunts. So I would just three hundred dollar blunt, and we were, I mean, we're putting a, 
a taint. Yeah, but I can imagine. You know if you have that much blow, you're like, dude. Most of it's white. The joint, there's like a little bit of sprinkle of weed on it. <laughs> yeah, that's like the filter. And, but then that, that, see, this is what's so crazy is just for, for people that are listening is that the mind, what happens to the mind during this time is you're going from one level to a whole nother level. Yeah. So your reality, your thought process, you're already, I mean, you have your daughter, you're running a business. Yeah. I mean, how is all this, I mean, I would, again, my story, I was maintaining for a long time, but then I lost control. Right. How, like, how are you maintaining your business at this point? Cause you know, in the back of your mind, or maybe you don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Do you know in the back of your mind, you're like, all right, we're getting wild, but yeah. this is like, I got a business to run. So yeah. that in the back of your mind, you're like, I got that business, but we're getting real loot nuts. Like what's going to happen here? Yeah. I had a lot of people under me. So yeah. I, had my, I had my youngest brother involved. He mm -hmm. was running one of my houses. My cousin was involved. He was running one of my houses. And then I also owned a glass, a glass manufacturing operation. Okay. So I had 10 guys blowing glass for me on top of drivers, people under me selling. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like an, or a full-blown organization. Yeah. It was just crazy. And everybody around me, none of those guys, my brother never did none of that kind of stuff. Yeah. He wasn't like smoking chewy blunts, getting out of control. Yeah. So they're wondering... Man, where, where's where's Javon? He's not here at the glass shop again today. Right, right. You're kind of you're kind of disappearing because you're too you're too much. I'm I'm out there. Yeah, you're you out there. You know what I mean? And and it just got to a point where too much was too much. It was too much excess, and the money never stopped. That's the problem coming in. Well, why do you think? Sorry, not to cut you off. No, bro. Why do you think that a lot of these rock stars? Yeah. I mean, well, uh, just the other day, the drummer from uh, Foo Fighters died. They found ten substances. In his system, if you Whoa. in the news, it says yeah, I saw that. I mean, it's it's when I OD'd, I had ten days of cocaine, Xanax, and alcohol mm -hmm. in my. That's all I could get. If there, yeah. I mean, when I would go to Amsterdam, I I would eat mushrooms, take LSD, do crack, yeah, and snort lines all in one day and what drink. Are, so like, because Amsterdam, yeah. you could buy everything. We're so much alike. So it's crazy. So what yeah. I'm saying is, with excess. Mm -hmm. To whatever, however, the party here, go here. What do you got? It's your your body. You just you just buckle. Yeah, and that and that's what's going on. You're starting to disappear because it's it's it gets control of you, even though you think you yeah. got control. It was controlling me. Yeah. It was it wasn't only controlling me. It was owning me. So yeah. this was kind of at the beginning of the end before the shooting took place, which I'll go into in a, in a second. Yeah. But yeah. one night, I was on the same thing. I was on Zans. I was on Valium. I was on probably that night at least 50 hits of fluff. And then I, and then I had a, did a big old thummy of raw MDMA that we were getting from the chemist. Oh shit. Right? Ecstasy. Oh bro. I was, it, it, it was like a, you remember those dipsticks? How do you, like, I, I, like that's so your, your tolerance level is just like, Oh, I was an animal. Yeah. I was at, people were like, how? So people would come over to my house. It was the strongest fluff that you could get. It was brought from the ground. They had a barrel of it buried in 1983. So they bring out the fluff. This is the strongest fluff you can get your hands on. People are freaking out on one drop. And I'm putting a 50 to 100 on there, just full maniac. Like, I wanted to see how far I could actually take it. Well, talking about how far... Yeah, we're we're gonna we're getting to the break here soon. Sure, we, we're, the next half we're gonna talk about how God brought you out of all this. Stuff. Yeah, but since we're talking about this, fluff is the LSD, and it's the strongest stuff. What happens when you take eighty hits of that stuff from the dead? I mean, because you're seeing how far you go. We always want to push the limits. Like yeah. Stevo, he's sucking so many nitrous balloons that he ended up 
seeing demons. He talks yeah. about it yeah. at, after he got sober because yep. he was trying to see how far he can go, yeah. how, how far he could open the door yes. to the supernatural. That's what happened to me. What happened? So I'm, I'm eating a bunch of L, probably at least I'm on 50 at least. And that's when I rolled the MDMA. I'm smoking the dimetrotryptamine. Which is, the, which is the, the, the Joe Rogan talks about it. That's yeah, exactly. The, what, or uh, what's it called? DMT. Yeah, it's extracted. So you leave your body when you're on it. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting at the edge of my you know, big old fat house, which is just a ridiculous party mansion, mm-hmm. right? And I'm leaning up against the side of it. And I felt my heart like skip a beat. And I look around the corner because I had five acres of redwoods. Mm-hmm. I'm like, drug, and I'm like, I'm going to die. And all of a sudden, I saw an army of demons coming out of the Redwoods, and my dog, which I had a French Mastiff, which guarded my property, yeah, he came running out of the house, circling around me, freaking out, and I'm watching these demons try to infiltrate. So my, I knew my dog saw it, oh, and I leaned across. My mom is an intercessor, so I remembered how to pray, mm-hmm. and I leaned against the side of the, and I said, Father, I'm going to die. Please forgive me. And I, I, I knew I was overdosing. Yeah. Right? That was like right at the end before we go into the next phase of what we're talking about, how God saved my life. Yeah. Like I almost OD'd that night. I was, I was so blown out, man. It was, you know, and I was only 25, so the body can, could handle that yeah. at, at that age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, after I had said that one prayer... That's when I started to realize that God was real because right when I had prayed, I was instantly sober. Like within, I I promise. Like instantly sober, like I had never taken a drink before in my life. No way. Yep. But I was doing the same thing the next day. I mean, I'm, I'm, dude. But you know, this is, this is a, this is a common story with people, like wherever they're at with their addictions or, you know, their partying or whatever, they'll, they'll, they'll have a bad experience or whatever. If they do too much LSD yeah. and they'll have a bad trip, they'll pray to God and yeah. I'm not doing it again, but then they're right back at it. That's but, what the end of Zans is about, bro. Yeah. The relapse. Yeah. yeah. Clean yep. everything up, take the shower, the water of the Holy Spirit, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and boom, you're right back in with, not only Jezebel, but then you're right back in and into all the other stuff. We were, we were talking about at the or right before the show. We were talking about how when people give their life to Christ, Jesus says, you know, once the demon leaves, if you don't clean the house, which yeah. is like you don't clean it, you don't have the Holy Spirit indwell in you, yep. and the connection through the Word keeps the Holy Spirit flowing and growing. What happens is, uh, if it's just empty, if you just say, "God, forgive me my sins" or whatever, and you just don't fill it with, with the Holy Spirit, the demons will come back with seven more. Yep. And, and, you know, people might say, oh, are you going to be demon-possessed? No, well, demons, you can be possessed, but you could be oppressed. Uh, yeah. Like, think about the oppression, you know. We, well, we, we know about Ephesians 6, right? Right. Imagine if, if one demon is assigned to you and, you know, he's influencing your life, right? He's bringing these shiny objects in front of you, pornography, drug, you know, hey, try some weed. He's, he's, he's orchestrating these little moments for you to, you know, come past these things. Yeah. But then imagine you give your life to God, he leaves, and then you don't clean it out, all of a sudden he comes back with seven more. Yep. Think about the influence. And I think a lot of the depression and anxiety and mental health and stuff, there is a lot of influence. I'm not saying people are possessed. Right. You, know? you know when someone's possessed. Yes. But there's that influence of... Yep. of like we were talking about uh, even before the show, is like they went through that season and I was being so influenced by the enemy mm-hmm. and had this darkness around me, depression, and I'm not yeah. even depressed, you right. know? Right. But that's the, the whole thing. And that's why people have to, you know, people that are listening to this story today, 
that are going through this. And your story is so relevant because it maybe happened like, you know, years ago. 20, yeah. 20 years. Okay, happened 20 years ago. But yeah. think about this, okay? The way we used to party back then, that's that we were like extreme and radical at that time. Yeah. It wasn't that gnarly. Nowadays, with the influence of of videos and legalizing weed, yeah. mushrooms, yep. you know, it's all main, drugs like this is all mainstream. Right. So there's more people doing more of these drugs yep. than ever before. And it's okay now. I mean, you know, according to the mainstream. Right. So this isn't like what we're talking about. This is why it's so relevant. Like any anyone that goes to raves, I guarantee, has done pretty much everything that you're talking about. Oh, they're doing it you all. Yeah. And not even that, the rappers too. Totally. Drinking the juice and, you know, eating the mushrooms and the whole, you know. And Popping the them perkies. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like the drugs, it all it all just flows through all the music industries and, and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I, that's why I definitely wanted to have you uh, on this show. Before the break, we have like five minutes. Yep. Um, so at that moment, when you prayed to God, you saw these demons come. Were they like infiltrated your whole? I saw them coming out of the woods. And Were I they was just like, like black shadows? No. They, I saw their faces. I saw their eyes. It looked like uh, the front end of a fireball. And they had these really long tails to them. Not like a tail like you think the yeah. devil has. It was a fire tail. So kind of looked like when a star is actually, when you're seeing a star uh, shoot. Mm -hmm. But it was, I saw the eyes and... I was like, I'd never seen this before. Yeah. And I've taken it out there. Yeah. Right. As far as people can go. Yeah. I that moment when I was instantly sober, that is what started to drive me to Yeshua. So yeah, what'd you okay, so at that point, what were you thinking? Like, what was the next step? You're sober. I, I mean, what'd you do right after that? <laughs> I actually I I went to sleep because yeah. I, I we were on a bender. God, right. I mean, it yeah. wasn't just me partying by myself. Yeah, everybody's sucking off me. Exactly. I'm making so much gosh darn money. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We're going. To, we're going to dirties. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, it's he's got a five acre estate. Yeah. Lock gate. Yeah. I mean, and I'm I'm spinning people out of their minds. Yeah. You know, I got enough fluff to get. Yeah. A thousand people high. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, it's what re spurred the curiosity about God. Yeah. I'm like, it's virtually impossible that I would be completely sober. Second off, it's virtually impossible that my dog saw this. Yes. It's not an exaggeration. Yeah. I watched my dog come out of my house and spin around in circles, fighting these things off that were coming at me. It was a real experience. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it, if my dog wouldn't have been involved, I probably would have thought something a little different. Yeah, my you, dog was sober. You would have thought it was like a hallucination. Yes. Yeah. My dog was sober. Mm -hmm. I didn't get my dog high. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to waste LSD on my dog. <laughs> exactly. I, know, I wouldn't do that to any, any know, animal anyways. You know what I mean? I know. You got to watch out what you say these days. Yeah. We, we love dogs, okay? We would never give drugs to no, dogs. No. Um, I was good to my dog. <laughs> um, so then, okay, you, so you slept that off. You woke up the next day. And what did you, did you, oh, you just went back to partying. Oh, I went right back up. Rolled up a chewy, mm -hmm. snorted a line, ate a pill, drank the crown, had the nitrous. Mm -hmm. There's all these people still in my house. We're right back into the right back into it. No looking back, just going again. And that's when I started to the deeper I got, and this was kind of towards the end when yep. I was using that much. Mm -hmm. I started to work. I was cleaning out mountainsides. Mm -hmm. There was no weed left. Yeah. So I had to start to reach out to people that knew people that knew people. And that's when things started to, well, that's when it be, the beginning of the end started to unravel. Perfect. Okay, we're going to go into the beginning of the end right after the break. Um, I want to plug, well, let's, let's, let's get some people to find your stuff. So where yeah. do they find your YouTube? 
Noble Poets. Oh, Noble Poets. Instagrams, Noble Poets Music, and then Noble Poets on, on Facebook. All right. And they got you got all your music up there, and then you yep. go to Apple Apple for Music as well? Yeah, there's a pre-save link that's coming out for our EP that's dropping in April. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have been coming and pre-saving that link. And what's been really cool is I did this to help people. Mm-hmm. That's my heart. Yep. My heart is not to, like... Yeah. yeah get something from somebody. Yep. Like I want people's lives to be transformed so they don't have to go mm-hmm. like through what I went through. Mm-hmm. Like that's painful. Mm-hmm. I don't want that for anybody. And that's really the sincere place in my heart. And that's, I think that's why Head's gotten behind me mm-hmm. because he knows like I want people to win. Mm-hmm. I want their relationship with Yeshua to be sincere and whole and pure. And God is the only one mm-hmm. that is going to come in and clean out these closets, bro. Mm-hmm. It ain't getting fixed on our own, you know, well, your lyrics—they're—they're—they're they're, they're deep and they're—they're they're straight, like to the point, and people need to hear. Again, I was watching your video, uh, Zans, this morning, and I was just like, I had all these like mixed feelings of like you know, yeah, the life, yeah. and then I start crying, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's there, and and those those people that are in that place, it's going to hit them hard, and it's going to hit them very very direct, and I love it. The fact that head is 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 behind you and, and yeah. pushing you and, and he always introduced me to rappers I'm like how's this metal guy <laughs> introducing me to rappers he, he introduced yeah. me to this other rapper with a rap years ago one of our good friends but it's so funny and I'm like head but you're like a metal guy why do you you know yeah. but you know he's listening to all this hip hop under, underground <laughs> <laughs> alright we're gonna be uh, going to the break cool. right now um, you guys go to uh, thewhosoevers.com we have products um, actually the most important thing is books for tours we want to come tour uh, right now we have um Mexico just opened up. We have uh, some Northern California stuff going on. And we have some other invites. I think Africa, too. Africa. I'm scared of Africa. Dude. I'm not trying to get no, like, you know, some jabs in me to go out of states, right. our country. So, right. But Africa will be gnarly. We're get, we're, the Hussars movement is going to yeah. Africa. But invite us. We'll come to South, South America, America, wherever. Go to whosoevers.com, Contact us. And we want to come to you guys. We'll be back in two minutes after the break. Cool. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Now back back to The Ryan Reese Show. All right. Well, we are back with uh, Javon Barnes from uh, Noble Poets. Check him out on YouTube to get the videos. Again, at the beginning of the show, I said I watched one of the videos and... It shook me up inside, and not much shakes me up actually, but because uh, I've been through too much. Yeah. And then I started crying. It's gonna, it's gonna hit you hard. His lyrics are real, the raw, and relatable to people that are living at this time in the world. So go check that out. Uh, right before the break, dude, we were just talking about how, well, I think you did about fifty hits of, of of MDMA. And then you did a bunch of LSD, like 100 hits or something like that. And you were out of your mind on Avenger. And you started to OD. Yeah. And you saw demons coming at you. Mm-hmm. And you were tripped out. And then your dog started going in circles to protect you. Yeah. So therefore, it was not a hallucination. You had your, your dog there. Yeah. And then you prayed to God. And all of a sudden, you went sober. Because you had your mom fasting for you for years. Yep. So you have your mom which is the engine in prayer, praying to God to save her son. And now here you are reaching out to God and all those prayers, God just reaches out to you, sobers you up, and you realize there is a God and he's real. (laughs) And then the next day you went right back at it. So how in the heck did you even get saved? (laughs) 
you know, you talk about my mother and I start weeping just because she's such a strong intercessor and I'm so thankful uh, for her. But I was right back at it the next day. But it did that night, it did produce something in me. So not only did I see the demons, but it made it's like, okay, demons are real. So what else is real? Right. Yeah. God's real. Yeah. Right. Um, but I'm back at it the next day. And like I said, at the end of the end of the before the break, I started working with people who knew people who knew people. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, there was a gentleman that I didn't know at the time was banging dope. And I found this out later. But he owed the, one of the cartels like 65000 bucks from his heroin addiction. Mm-hmm. Well, I was connected with him from somebody else that I knew. And all the mountains are dry. It's like September. I've cleaned everybody out. And I've got a feeding frenzy on my hands. Mm-hmm. I need 100 k here. I need 200 here. I mean, the orders just kept coming in. I get a phone call from this guy. said, hey, I'm hooking you up with this person. And, you know, he can get you 100 pounds of purple. And I was like... Everybody wanted that purple purple at the time. Everybody was all about that purple Kush. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, worked out the price point. Called my boy in Fresno. I'm like, we got we got you covered. So not only was I taking care of him, but I was going to be taking care of other people as well because my friend didn't didn't need a hundred. But he was he was like, I got you know 148 thousand bucks. I think is what or 138. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact number, but he had a truckload of money right at the time, and. He goes, I got to rent a car right now. Um, I'm going to meet you uh, in Southern Humble under the under the bridge in Honeydew. And I was like, okay. So my friend drives me down, drops me off in Honeydew. The gentleman who's supposed to bring the load meets us and picks up the cell phone and says, hey, we got to drive inland five miles. Um, it's not coming here. And I'm like, me and my boy are here. Money's here. Drop's supposed to be here. Like, mm-hmm. you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Like, what's up? What's up? Like, yeah. And he's like, well, we got to just go inland five miles. They're waiting for it there. And and the ge- the gentleman goes, I, I can't say his name, but yeah. the gentleman goes, uh, I need to see money. And that's when I started to get a little irate. I was right. like, bro, do you know who I am? Yeah. I was like, dude, I'm the golden boy of this county. Yeah. Like, everybody knows I come correct. And I told my friend, I said, show him the money. Open the trunk. All hundreds counted out perfect because that's how we rolled. Yeah, like we did not play games when yeah. it came to the to the drug part. Yeah, um, opens opens it up. My friend gets in the back. My friend's driving. I'm in the passenger seat. The guy who's supposed to take us to go get the load shoots my friend twice in the back of the head in the car. My friend's laid out. Gun is jamming, and he's trying to shoot me in the head. Right. Right. I'm flipping. Immediate trauma, immediate PTSD, shaking, trying to get the gosh darn car door open, bro. And yeah. it was locked, and I was shaking so bad that I couldn't unlock it. And he's, I'm looking behind me, and he's trying to unjam the gun. He's trying to reload it with another bullet, unjam it. I got the car unlocked, and I start running for, I start running yeah. for yeah. my life. You never have. Yep. And this is in the middle of nowhere. So if anybody's seen the Netflix episode, Murder Mountain, it's like 10, 15 minutes away from Murder Mountain. This is in the middle of nowhere. This is not like some place that everybody frequently goes to. Right. Right. Yeah. You're going there for one reason, to pick up loads. That's right. what we did. So I'm running and I'm thinking, I'm thinking the shooter is actually chasing me. That's what I'm thinking in my yeah, head. Yeah, of course. I get up right up under the 101 South and there was this like hole in the ground and I'm sitting in it. And 
I'm shaking. I mean, I'm just losing it, yeah. looking around to, to, to see if what was happening at our rent-a-car, right? Well, that's when the voice of the Lord spoke to me. I heard, I heard Yahweh loud as day. And he said, Javon, I have a plan and I have a purpose. I have a call and I have a destiny on your life. When are you going to stop working for him and start working for me? And I said, I'm out. You get me out of this, I'm done. I'm out the game. That's it. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. And this is in the middle of nowhere. No cars coming around. I creep up right to the edge of the 101. <laughs> I'm on my knees praying, praying to God. <laughs> yeah. Like, Because yeah. I'm thinking this guy's going to come yeah. cap me. Yeah. He just shot yeah. my friend twice in yeah. the head, yeah. right? A suburban pulls up, opens the door, and goes, I'm a rabbi. Where do you need to go? And I go, a rabbi from the Bible? <laughs> It's the same thing that happened to me when I immediately got sober. I'm like, this is impossible. And that level of impossibility Uh is what brought me into the place of, I I don't care what anybody says on this planet. Nobody Mm. is going to be able to tell me that God is not real. Nobody. He spared my life and saved my life. Well, that was just the beginning because we're going, he's taking me up north. I live 45 minutes north. So the rabbi picks you up. Yeah. Just a guy, this is crazy, off the side of the road. I mean, it's yes. like sketchy business. Yes. Picks, and you're looking sketchy for sure at this time. Oh, I I'm, guarantee it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Picks you up, takes you, and where did he take you? He took me all the way. He was driving me all the way back up to my property. Yeah. He's like, I'll take you wherever you need to go. Wow. And, and I'm in back going, what is going on? Well, as we're driving, I'm like looking up. There's helicopters. There's Hundreds of cops rolling up and down the 101, and I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, man, this is all bad. And I knew it's because my friend mm-hmm. had just been shot, and I'd almost been murdered. Mm-hmm. Well, we get to the Eureka, at the edge of Eureka. It's blocked off, mm-hmm. and they're checking every car. I mean, oh, it's a shoot. line of yeah. cops, not just one or two. Yeah. It is lines on both sides. They're trying to find this murderer, uh-huh. right? Rabbi goes, hey, you have to make a statement. I cannot, add a good conscience, you have to tell them what's going on. Well, I knew no weed showed up. All the money's gone. Right. In my head, that street game. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, we were under the bridge. Guy came and shot my friend in the head and stole our car. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I just didn't give him the details of why it happened. Right, of course. And the cops, what are they going to charge me with? Yeah. They took the statement. They let me go. So I get up, I get over to... I get up to my property. It's on the news that night. Front page of the paper. Next morning. Within, I believe it was around a week to two weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to break everything down. And I've got a massive organization. So you're just trying to like get rid of the whole thing? I'm trying to shut everything down. down. It's just not, it wasn't enough time. I couldn't, I had, and I didn't want to lose the money. Even though I just told God I'm out, I'm done. Right. I was like, well, I'm going to break all this down and sell it all. Right. And walk away with a bunch of money, right? right. So I, my rooms were in the prop. My, my houses I was growing out were in the, pro, in the process of being shut down. All my drivers. I mean, it was all happening really fast at one time. Yeah. I got a bunch of girls trimming in my living room, trying to get this broken down as fast as possible. Vegas, I see two guys. My friend goes, Javon, there's people at the gate. And they, they got jackets and badges. Mm-hmm. And I was like, clean it up. Get it all put away. Well, these guys walk up, and I go to meet them halfway down. Yeah. And they go, Javon Barnes? I go, yeah. And they go, uh, we're Vegas. 
FBI. Yeah. We're here investigating a murder. And I go, you mean the one where I just almost got murdered and my friend just got shot in the head twice? And they were like, no. The gentleman, and they said his name, the gentleman that shot your friend in the head and tried to kill you has been just murdered. And we found him in a dumpster. We are now investigating you for a murder. We believe that you are the one that put the hit out on this guy who's dead because we know that this was a drug deal gone bad. And that's when a tear rolled down my eye. A tear rolled down? When did. you're talking to these one, guys? One tear. And I go, hey, I had nothing to do with any of that. And then I said, do you guys have a warrant? No, sir, we do not. And I said, then get the yeah, off my yeah. property. Yeah. Immediately called my attorney. And yeah. I was like, this is getting real bad real fast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Within 30 days, this was my daughter's kindergarten picture day, mm. right? Keep in mind, my daughter's going through all this with me. Yeah, exactly. This is kindergarten picture day, 38, I think it was 38, cop, sheriff, deputies, whole nine yards, raid my house. They popped me for 105 pounds, five pounds of hash, hash manufacturing operation, plants, stolen gun, because... After the shooting, one of the guys from the cartel said, "We got to get you. We got to get you a jack. Like mm. we're we're bringing we're bringing oh, up." Oh god! So they dropped it off. Yeah. So they dropped it off. No serial numbers, unregistered, right? And uh, I didn't like guns. I didn't need to. Mm. Why are you going to kill the Golden Boys, making you all the money? Exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly. how my thought. That's how yeah. my thought process was. So yeah. we uh, were then CPS takes my daughter, right? I'm being charged. My, my youngest brother, who was running one of my houses, he actually went and picked up my daughter. My mom came up from Fresno to kind of help this thing. Yeah, suss it out. This explosion yeah. that just took place. Yeah. I mean, I just dropped a nuke in the middle of everybody's life. Yep. There must have been probably 25 to 40 people I was working with. All of their lives were immediately affected. Yep, right? in absolutely. A, in an adverse way. Yeah. So I'm going through. I only was in jail for four hours. And I'm, I start the court process, and the first time that we had talked to the DA, they, well, first the cops tried to get me to rat. And I was like, you can just quit that right now. Right. I did this. I'll chew it my own. Like, right. I'm, not, I'm not a punk. Yeah. That's one thing in my head. I was yeah. like, you know what? I'll do my own bit. I'm, yeah. I'm not a rat. I yeah. would not. They tried to get me. Who do yeah. you know? Doo -doo -doo. I'm uh -huh. like, get out of here. Yeah. Like, I'll eat. I'm not a snitch. Yeah. And so really what happened was is I go to my first court date, and they were like, hey, Eight years. That's what we want to put you in the joint for. And my mom was there. And we went down in the hallway, and she just starts interceding in the middle of the courthouse. Dude, <laughs> yeah. going to war, bro. I mean, like, <laughs> like, like a savage. Yeah. Um, my attorney it. a week later gets a hold of me and says, Javon, here's what happened. The Vegas feds were on your property without a warrant. They then tipped off the Humboldt County Sheriff Department. That Humboldt County Sheriff Department got a warrant on falsified grounds. You walk. That's insane. Imagine, think of just this whole operation, how much they had, yeah. but they didn't follow the protocol. They didn't. And God used that. Totally. He did. Here's where it gets real fun, because I don't get to talk about this on the normal podcast I'm yeah. on. I actually get to be real with you, which yeah. is yeah. dope. Yeah, totally. My mom dropped me off at the ministry school doorsteps. Oh, really? Dropped me off at ministry school, and I just plowed my face in the word. My, my, what I wanted to do... I just wanted to help kids. Yeah. So I was going to school to be a youth pastor mm -hmm. because I, 
if I could, I knew that if I could speak to them before the major decisions that they made in their exactly. life, yeah. then maybe I could help them avoid what I went through. Yeah. And like I said a little bit ago, I already knew God was real. Mm. So the sheriff told me, you know that that gun that he used is over a, a one and 900 something thousand chance of jamming. That's what the sheriff really? told me. Yeah, that's what he told me. It was a 380. And he's oh, like, those don't jam. He's like, they do not jam. And so I just, it was thing after thing after thing to make me realize that, that God was real. Yeah. And it went back to the promise that I made him. I'm going to serve you. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to serve others. That's what my life's supposed to be. Well, in the midst of me going to school, he breaks me down. And, and I heard the voice of the Lord tell me, like, I made you to be a lyricist. I didn't write lyrics. I yeah, but you, you weren't doing that before. Uh-uh. Really? So this I was is blowing all, glass. This is I was all glass new. blower. Yeah. 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 What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I started writing lyrics in 2004. And then I met, I met Head, I think, in 2012 or 2013. Uh-huh. And I met Caleb in 2017. Mm-hmm. And then Zach mm-hmm. and then Trevor. Mm-hmm. All these things just started happening. Wow. And... You know, I graduated from ministry school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where was that? Up north? In, up uh, north in Reading. In Reading. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So graduated from there. I've just been in the Word consistent, man, for yeah. almost 20 years. Yeah. That, that's been the drill for me. I don't ever want to waver from that. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on inside of the Christian culture that can distract you from the Word. Oh, yeah. I want Yeah. I want the Word. Yeah, we don't live. We we don't live uh, by bread alone, but every word every word that comes out of the mouth of the living God. Mm-hmm. So I knew that if I stayed steadfast in that, and knowing that I already survived beatings, homelessness, house ratings, almost ODing, I knew that if I could make it through all that, mm-hmm. that anything else that was coming my way, I just can't be stopped. Mm-hmm. He, he's in me. So, well, know. I think that I know that. You know, in these times that we're living with all the, the craziness and, and how how progressive everything is, is getting, even with the church is being watered down and mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. it's, all, it's just shiny objects. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked about this with all yep. of our friends. Yep, that there has there's going to be a group of people that are going to be the trailblazers in this time. You know, these are the last days. We're seeing everything that's going on with Russia and yeah. I mean, just read the if you're uh, man yeah. of word if you're man and yeah. woman of the word of God. Yeah. You know, you're not surprised. You're just, I think the only surprise is you're like, shoot, it's going down. Like right. what we've been studying and reading, it's mm-hmm. actually happening. So yes. that's the only surprising thing. It's not yeah. like, I can't believe this is happening. It's yeah. just like, wow, it's just happening right now. This is exciting. So we're looking for Turkey now. Yep. What's going to happen with Turkey? But I feel like God is raising up a bunch of people that have, that he's going to use as trailblazers that that were either atheists mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know in your yes. line of work drug dealers yeah. uh, you know coming from the skate industry your music industry mm-hmm. these different tastemakers and culture that have already seen it all and had it all where they're not distracted by it but they're men and women of the word of God and God's going to use them to reach people right. during these last days it's the remnant yeah during these last days. Yeah. I believe we're in the middle of a great, the, the great apostasy right now. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe. When I read it, it lines up exactly with what's happening in Christianity. We're, we're seeing uh, uh, what, I, what I'm con- through my grid, mm-hmm. watching, like you said, shiny objects. Mm-hmm. The circus mm-hmm. is upon us. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of distractions, a lot of things mm-hmm. to pick up on, and also the need to be entertained. Mm-hmm. The itching of ears. The itching of ears. I don't want my ears itched. No. I want my heart pierced. Yeah. Keep cutting me. 
yeah. I don't want you to cut me deep, you know. And I, I think that's why God's releasing my story mm-hmm. right now in this hour. I think it's why he's using you at such a deep level because he's using you to go get the, the one, mm-hmm. the 99 already in the pen. And he's using you to go get the one that, that nobody else can reach. That's why what you're doing is so powerful. In, in, in Revelation, or it's one of the prophecies, I think, in Isaiah, it talks about that he was, is about it, talking about his death and him saying how he was uh, counted amongst the, uh, the rebels and he, and he bore the sins of, of the sinners. And he was with those, he was reaching those outcasts mm-hmm. and those mm-hmm. rebels. Yeah. Like that yeah. was his deal. Yeah. And we know the story when he was just like, you know, I didn't come to seek and save those. I didn't come for healthy people. I came for the sick. Exactly. You know, and, yeah. and in yeah. church culture, we can get so comfortable in that that comfortable state. But really, the whole mission is to go out and reach mm-hmm. people where they're at. Because the world, it's hurting. Yeah. It's hurting. Yeah. People are lost. They're self-medicating. Yep. Um, just to get through life because right. of people. You could be molested. Yep. Broken home. Um you know, just struggling with depression mm-hmm. or whatever it be, yep. people are hurting. And if we could just really open our eyes and go, man, it's not about us. It, we we got to get yep. our heads out <laughs> and be like, it's not about us. It's mm-hmm. about loving God and loving people and trying to reach out and help people find their way, basically. Yeah, and there's a testimony in all of it. You know, I get, I get my daughter back, mm-hmm. full custody, by the time she's 11, she's now getting her doctorate. I own a record label and a mortgage branch. What's a record label called? Uh, Lion Rock Records. Okay, Yeah. awesome. So Caleb's signed to that, I'm signed to it, and then Noble Poets. It's not some crazy juggernaut record label. Yeah. It's something that, that I started. Head got me his attorney mm-hmm. and helped us build it. And then, you know, Zach Yoshioko is managing us mm-hmm. and... Uh, uh, Trevor Tyson with with, with Transparent Media mm-hmm. is is handling all that. Awesome. We all kind of work together, which is yeah. really really fun. We yeah. had some common relationships. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have any of this if I didn't make the choice. He gave me an opportunity to make a choice. I got my get out of jail free card. Yep, that's what you want to call it. Yep, everybody I know that's got one, everybody 100 percent has went back to the game. Mm-hmm. I had somebody in ministry school come and tell me. I, could, I need you to move a half million right now. Found out about my testimony in town. You're a liar. Owner of the gym. <laughs> oh I, and it, I was going to school with his Dude. son. And he goes, hey, I heard about your testimony from my son. I'm a grower. I've got a half million. You can make X. Can you move this for me? I'm not kidding. In the middle of ministry school. After knowing about the shooting. And I was Unbel- like, hey, temptation you know comes knocking right Dude, through the back yeah, of the, the door, en- That's what the enemy does. He knows how to get Sicko. you. And if you love money, he's going to throw it all in front of you. And people yeah. love money. It's Money's brutal. a thing that, you know, makes the world go around, you know? Yep. Uh, very, dude, that is so crazy. Yeah. Okay, well, are you touring? Or are you going to do any tours? Or what's yeah, the plans? Yeah, we're, so we released The Flaw. So we're going to do- you have three, an album or a song e- coming Yeah, out. it's an EP that's yep. dropping April 8th. So we have The Flaw, then The Beautiful, then The Beautiful Flaw. Mm-hmm. All those three projects are dropping. Okay. And we're, we're, we're running one after the, after the next. Okay, cool. So the first, we had Never Fit In, which is the first video. Then we had Humpty Dumpty. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Zans. The mm-hmm. next song that we're doing is Sell a Fear. And what it's doing is, is the music is following the story that you and I just went through. Yeah. But we're giving people video content with yeah, it. That's so amazing. they can So there's something for them to, you know, grab onto and yeah. say, hey, I'm not alone in this, in this story, yeah. which is what's happening online. Mm-hmm. All the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of power that's attached to that. So the, the flaw is April 8th. Zan's just dropped Friday. Um, 
And we're playing Blue Ridge, the Blue Ridge Mountain Festival on September 8th. So that's that's going from 8, 9, 10, and 11. So there's probably awesome. a couple hundred bands that are going to awesome, be playing, awesome. playing there. Yeah. Well, that's, that's rad, man. I want to thank you for, for coming out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we'll work on something um, when you're not touring here <laughs> yeah. or yeah. At, at, a, at a stop. We know at Calvary Temple Demo Bar, we can, we can pack the place and turn it into a venue. Sound system's good. We've yeah. had a lot of concerts here. Yeah, it's been cool actually. Just to even have another because COVID kind of shut everything down for a right. while, and it wasn't the fact that we weren't doing anything because the Who Service has been active the whole time. Yeah, it was like people in LA were like scared of their shadow. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a yeah. lot of people watch CNN here, so it was uh, <laughs> people were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People, I don't trust any of these channels for the for the record. You know. Yeah. I don't trust the government stuff, but. uh it's I trust Jesus, and yeah. you know, as we read the Bible, as we read the Bible, um, it gives us our directions. This is why we got to be men and w- women, men and women of the Word of God, because He'll uh, He'll show us what path to take. He'll deliver us. He'll set us free. He'll He'll give us new ideas, new thoughts, new hearts. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look at you didn't even write music. Now here you are writing these amazing lyrics. Yeah, doing running a label. Yeah, just about to go on a tour, dropping mm-hmm. songs. I mean, yeah, God just does. It's funny because when people give their life to Christ. They think, oh, man, my life's going to stink. It's going to be so boring. Don't, dude. That's, you just start living. So exciting. I only, we only got a couple of minutes left. Sure. But you know what? People that are listening, what would, you, what, what would be your last words to them? My last words would be that hope is not lost, mm-hmm. and then we can make one choice. And I, hope that, I hope and pray that there's people that come on the show mm-hmm. that don't know God mm-hmm. because they need to hear the story. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that I'm after. And I hope for the people who are saved to hear it, that, that are following Yahweh, that, that are in relationship with Jesus, that it encourages them. Because there's a lot of people who are, who, who are following God who have been having a really hard time mm-hmm. mentally, mm-hmm. struggling with depression, oppression. Mm-hmm. True. There is, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled becomes a tree of life, which means God put those desires in us that only He can fulfill. Well, that tree of life is the cross. Mm-hmm. We have to learn in this hour to die to ourselves so we can be a greater servant to others. That's what, if we can get that perspective as a collective, as the body, if we can come together in unity and all lay our lives down for humanity, we'll see the whole earth get undone. And that's when Yeshua will come back. Mm-hmm. And that's what God uses <laughs> yeah. us in our, in our weakest, in, yes. a, in our weakness. You yes, know, you're bro. able to, you know, hey man, you know, I used to steal it eating disorders or I used to this and then they're like really really how'd you quit and that's that that opens the door to share your testimony right and lead uh, people to the Lord we could talk for hours and hours (laughs) and hours yeah we will talk after this (laughs) yeah but um dude thanks a lot man for for being on yeah and uh we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff together you're such a blessing we'll do uh well I want to do a concert we we got a big hip-hop audience in the in this uh in this group here, I want to come serve you. I used to run this. I used to run the outreach at the skate parks in Reading. Oh, okay. I want to. I want to come be a grommet and serve under what you know. Just is there skate parks there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, bro. All right. Well, look, we got yeah. forty <laughs> seconds. I want to. I'm going to ask you after the show. Yeah. All okay. right. Um, all right, you guys, go to the whosoevers.com. Uh, go to the the channel, the YouTube channel, whosoevers.com. Get plugged into all the past radio shows. I think we've been on the radio for like five years now. Um, you can find studies through the Gospel of John. Um, Go to thewhoservers.com and uh, connect if you want to donate to fund the movement. We tour schools, skate parks. We've been. I'm gonna be with Head actually speaking at a bar uh, on Easter. Just when I thought I heard it all, Sick. they're like, "Hey, we want, they want you to come speak at a bar on Easter." So I told my wife, I said, "No, I can't miss this opportunity." Wow. I don't know if I'll ever go be able to give the gospel in a bar 
um, on Easter. So anyway, we love you guys. Sick. And uh, thanks for being on the show again. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show.